Trendy is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome to Trendy, presented by Omaha, the competition show that explores the best way to wager for casual cappers. Back with us on this fine Wednesday is this week's competitor, Dave Damashek. How do we find ourselves today, Dave? Murgler, better for your company. Oh, look at you buttering me up. Not mm-hmm, that I blame mm-hmm. you. You're trying to I'm like, feeling get me good. My guard down. You saw what I did on Monday Night Football. Now you believe. Do you believe now? That's a phrase that I came up with. And then I noticed my friend Deion Sanders started using it himself. But do you believe now? <laughs> I'm sure he got that from you back when you were a wily left left-handed quarterback in the league in the late 1990s, hanging out in the same locker rooms with Deion. I get it. Uh, so you're obviously in a good mood, and you should be. That was a dandy performance on Monday mm-hmm. night where you ran the table, Dave. You mm-hmm. ran the table on your picks, and I do believe now you put yourself up 9.6 to 9.2 with a bet in hand. But that 9.2 is nothing to uh, be ashamed of either. Which no, well done. Yeah, between the two of us, we really saw that game and went exactly as we thought, huh? Any surprises for you on Monday? Um. I can't say that I was terribly stunned when I told you everything that was going to happen. I guess the the margin was even uh, even bigger than we had imagined, but I guess that's something that we should really start paying attention to as we transcend a quarter poll in pro football this year is the number of blowouts. You know, it's a one-score league we always talk about the last couple of years, not in 2023 so far. A lot of teams house in a lot of other pro football teams. Yeah, it wasn't exactly much of a sweat on the under Giants total points at 23 and a half when they're sitting on a lowly field goal. Holy smoke. I was, was delighted bad. at the half at uh, that the, the gents had just three points. I knew we were in good shape on that one. Yeah. Well, I was one missed field goal away from sweeping myself and taking a lead here. So well done to both of us. But yeah, I know. But I want- did I laugh? But did I laugh when uh, Jason Myers was missing <laughs> uh, a field goal or two? Yes. Yes, I yeah. did laugh. Well, welcome to the world of competitive betting where you don't even have to put any money down to still get a kick out of it because you get to watch your opponent fail. fail. Mm -hmm. Super fun. Uh, And here's something else that's really fun, Dave. I've been looking forward to doing this with you for a very long time. I want to give the audience a treat and I want to give you a treat. I want to give my friend Dave Damashek a treat because I am going to put you in your natural element here. I have spent the morning doing the seeds, just the beginning, just a, a first draft of one of your trademark bits which is the NFL. So I want to present to you some of the NFL things that I dug up for something that's near and dear to my heart, which is the Washington Commanders ahead of the game in my very own backyard here uh, outside D.C. on on Thursday night. So the one I want to do, Dave, and I actually called you about this a few years ago. We talked about it for two minutes, but we're going to talk about it for a little bit longer now. And that is what if Dan Snyder had lost the auction to buy the team after Jack Kent Cook died all the way back in 1998? So I'll give the backstory real quick here, and then I'll give a little bit of the seeds and we'll go back and forth. So um, Jack Kent Cook, legendary owner, passes away. And in his estate, he wanted to start up a scholarship fund for college scholarships. And he basically directed the trustees to say, I want to maximize the return to give the scholarships away. So it has to basically go to the highest bidder. There's some disputes about this, but that's more or less what uh, set up the, the scenario. So his very own son, John Kent 
Brent Cook. Desperately wanted to own the team. And he wanted to keep it in the family, and he put together an incredibly competitive bid. It was over $700 million. I believe the record at the time for an NFL sale was $400 million. So it's not like he lowballed them. But the league also wanted Cook to win and started putting their fingers on the scale. But the trustees, afraid of a Dan Snyder lawsuit, which most of us lived in fear of ever since that moment, ended up going with the Snyder bid, even though it was only marginally higher than um, keeping it in the family. And that is when all hell broke loose for the rest of my adult life. So Snyder, of course, famously owns the team for 24 years, wins 164 games with two playoff appearances. Cook, before him in 24 years, won 207 games, four Super Bowl appearances, three Lombardis. So three Lombardis, more than the two uh, playoff wins in the entire Snyder era. So that's, that's just to set it up, like... The Cook family was excellent owners, Dave. Like, I, I lived through it as a kid. They were excellent owners because, most importantly, they stayed out of the way. They reminded me of teams like the 49ers, like the Steelers, like the Patriots, like the Giants, these really strong, proud family owners that don't get in the middle of personnel decisions. Uh, Dan Snyder said, hold my beer on that. In fact, the very first thing he did was get rid of, um, of Trent Green. So he started the quarterback carousel, wanted to bring in bigger names. Trent Green then leaves and goes to the Los Angeles Rams, where he gets hurt, and a man named Kurt Warner steps in and launches the greatest show on turf. That is not a a Cook move. That is a Snyder move. So let's start there. Let's start with the very first thing they did was change quarterbacks and change the league forever by allowing the greatest show on turf to happen. So let's – you want to react? I know I'm holding you back. You're dying. Well, a couple of things. things First of all, the thing you have to do retroactively, because this is a, 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 something I've picked up lately. I mean, obviously I was in on Joe Gibbs while it was happening back in the eighties and he always deserves a shout, but very often you'll hear his name left off of the greatest coaches of all time list. And really you can make a case. He deserves more credit than anyone else, including Landry, Noel, Shula, Belichick, all those guys win. And you can make a case QB dependent. Yep. Joe Gibbs wins three Super Bowls in one decade with three different cats under center. Noteworthy and, and stuff actually, there. Dave, as somebody who grew up with it, it was actually um, four different cats. I know three different Super Bowl starters, but they wouldn't have made the Doug Williams Super Bowl without, right, Jay, without Schrader. Jay Schrader. Of course. Yeah. The deep so ball, it was yeah. really four quarterbacks. Doug Williams was a late sub in. They still won the Lombardi. Yeah. So that's the first one. So we, now we have the greatest show on turf possibly disrupted. And but, by the way, for a future addition to NFL it up a little bit, you can play the game of what happens with the greatest show on turf if Trent Green doesn't get hurt. Does yeah. it happen? What is Kurt Warner's role in our lives? Do we, does anybody who claims to be a football fan, do they know who Kurt Warner is besides the Penn State running back who hurt his knee when he was on the Seahawks and never fully got off after that? But anyway, um, those are subjects for another time. And yeah, they, you, you can see the beginnings of the Dan Snyder experience and how scutchy he gets, how unsettled he is after five minutes of dissatisfaction. And he lops the head off of Norv Turner, a capable enough head coach in that window, a guy much sought after, as you, as we know, if you were around in there, obviously the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys in their heyday and um, widely regarded as a great QB guru and developer of offenses and all that, they remove him and bring in Terry Rubisky for what, a 
a game or three or something yeah. like that right around the turn of the millennium. Brad Johnson is under center at this point. And then they start reaching and the the downward spiral is in full effect by about the year 2000, 2001. Do I have that right? You have that that have that very well done right off the dome. That's why you are who you are. But by, so continuing the NFL, Dave is like they were a very smart franchise. Like the the I'm going to use the word Redskins because that's what they were called. The Redskins were an incredibly f- smart, well run franchise. Hence the three Lombardies. Hence Joe Gibbs. Hence the low turnover. All those sorts of things. So if Cook comes in instead of Snyder, and instead of snow globing the team every single year, the point that you're starting to make right now, what happens in the league if we have another Patriots S team, another Steelers S team, another Giants S team? Who? How does that shake up the Patriots dynasty if they have to compete against another team that isn't taking on all these? Albatross contracts that isn't signing Bruce Smith, that isn't signing Deion Sanders, that isn't signing our Adam Archuleta, that isn't signing Albert freaking Hainsworth. And then who do those players go to? Because those were con- those were like franchise killer contracts. So it's what- so gargantuan a premise that it's hard to account for where all those pieces land otherwhere uh, uh, elsewhere in football America. If you start to spread those guys around the league in the the late stages of their career, I think more to the core of things. What year was it that LeVar Arrington? That's the year 2000. 2000. It was him and Chris Samuels. Right. And Chris Samuels. That's right. They go in, in eternal millennium draft, pivotal draft for the franchise. You go two, three and you go Chris Samuels and LeVar Arrington, or maybe vice versa there. Brian Erlacher is the big swing and miss in that draft. He goes to the Hall of Fame. LeVar Arrington goes on to TV and, uh, you know, hot taken and all that kind of stuff. I think that was a major swing and a miss. There wasn't in the year 2000, ironically, or wait, is that 99? Am I misremembering my years there? Which is the year that Brady gets drafted that's 99 i think right I, there's not a qb I got, I got brady history wrong last week so i'm not going to speak again and i was right around that time though it's a weird little spot in nfl history where in the perennial um qb factory college feeding the nfl there was a there was a, a moment there where there weren't a ton of high-end options available to you like chad pennington was available the the savior Short of Joe Gibbs coaching that quarterback in Washington, there was no savior in the draft for them. So you can't think yeah. them real hard there unless they went out and did it in free agency. It but was I the purging of Trent Green is what I you're can, saying. Yeah, but I can continue to dig them, Dave, because like this is my next point. What happens when you have a capable uh, front office in the draft and you have the Redskins who keep having this draft capital and keep blowing it? So they only made three first-round picks in the entire 1980s. I don't know if you knew that about the Redskins. They only made three first-round picks. Those three players, Art Monk, Mark May, and Daryl Green. Like three Hmm. guys, Mark May, a Pittsburgh boy, those three guys were absolutely pivotal to all three of their championships. Then during the 2000s, they get nine first round picks. Wait, when did they draft Russ Grimm? Uh, uh, Grimm, I don't think it was a first round pick. Another pit fella. Yeah, I just don't think it was a first round pick because I was only looking at first first round round pick. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. 
So Monkman Green in the 80s. And then the night and then the 2000s come along and they're just like raining first round picks at this point because one, they're not trading them as frequently as they did before, but they're just also a bad franchise to keep picking at the top of the draft. And in nine first round picks outside of Chris Samuels and unfortunately Sean Taylor, they didn't really draft a guy who was impact at all with all those picks. Yeah, and Sean then, Taylor's the one that uh, obviously um, it, you know, things are, are are probably a lot rosier just with his um, his presence um going forward with Washington the other one that jumps out to me in the first round is missing on first round picks and that that you know that doesn't have to be I think we've actually reached this place where it's less of a killer to your football fortunes if you miss on a first round draft pick um these days than it used to be it used to be with a, a huge franchise setback and in 2001 off of the Samuels Arrington stuff when Erlacher is sitting there, they go for Rod Gardner, the wide receiver out of Clemson in the first round. And right yep. behind that is Santana Moss, who ultimately lands wearing the burgundy and gold. What do you guys call it? Burgundy and gold there? Burgundy and gold. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I famously, as you'll recall, uh, appointed when it was still the, the their first round gaggle quartet there uh, with mm-hmm. Chase Young and company, uh, Maroon 4. And then a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of (laughs) DC people were like, who came up with that cheesy name? And I was very proud to raise my hand and say, Dave, that's who (laughs) came up with it. But anyway, Santana Moss. And then behind that, Steve Hutchinson. And then Casey Hampton, a couple picks behind that. So these are... These are core moves that could have been made. And instead you wind up with Rod Gardner, who by my recollection spent uh, seven minutes playing in the NFL versus somebody who ended up having a distinguished career that probably swings the fortunes of the entire franchise to buy a win or three perennially. um, Yeah. It's it's just time after time. And that's the point, right? They only hit two times and they miss seven other times. And and I'm sure trying to buy their way out of it. If we, if we look plus or minus five draft picks on either side of their first round picks, we'd find, you know, two to three impact guys every draft. So it's not like you're cherry picking just the one pick. Like there's impact guys all around the places where they were selecting. And they constantly got it wrong. And, the, and that's what I'm saying. Like the Cook family didn't get it wrong. But let's even take a step out of the NFL for a second, Dave. What about the college game? What happens if Snyder never is owner uh, and the Cook family's running it? Steve Spurrier is not a Cook hire. I'll tell you that right now. So Steve Spurrier stays at Florida. Do the Sabres of the world have the door open to them? Are we talking about an entirely different SEC landscape without Snyder becoming the owner of the Washington Mm, Redskins? Now we're cooking with gas. When does Sabres get up to uh, or get down to Miami for his little stint? I don't remember the year, but I know that Spurrier was dominating the recruiting landscape all throughout that part of the country. And then when he comes back to South Carolina, that's just not Florida. Like I know, you know, South Carolina has a proud history and all that, that, but when he was out at the swamp and he had those quarterbacks humming and he had all that speed out on the outside and he gave that up and that's what Alabama just jumped right into. And LSU jumped right into and recruiting that area. And Florida's never really made it back. He never should have left and he wouldn't have without madman giving him whatever he gave him 25 million dollars. I don't remember how anxious was Spurrier at the time. Was it feeling like his days in college were ripening and it was time for him to give a shot to the NFL? Because if Spurrier stays in Florida, if he isn't given financial incentive to leave there, do we ever know who Urban Meyer is? Ooh, do we ever we or, or or I should say more accurately, we know who Urban Meyer is, but where does he go? He wouldn't have gone to Florida. So then what job does he take and does he succeed in that one? 
Yep, it's a, it's a great point. Um, or oh oh, oh 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 keep going. You're the king of this. Show the shine he, for everybody. Dave. Does he when he's over on the western side of football America? Does he maybe take the available USC job? Oh, Urban the, Meyer. What's Pete what Carroll doing then? I don't know. Pete Carroll is an afterthought. He, you know, yeah. he's just a career assistant in the NFL somewhere, taking gigs where available, coordinating defenses here, there, and everywhere. And maybe he winds up coaching like Washington State or somebody like that. Beggars couldn't be choosers at that time. He had failed so kind of sort of with the Jets in, in that opportunity. Remember when Pete Carroll went to USC, he was like their third or fifth option. You know, it's a, he, it was not uh, an inspired choice. He was their fallback. He had, that USC had gotten turned down a couple of times by the time they signed Pete Carroll. So um, anyway. Yeah. Interesting. So, so Spurrier. Spurrier. Well, Spurrier. My, my, my memory of Spurrier was he got like an NFL record deal. Like it was outrageous yeah. for the time. Something like uh, 25 for five, all guaranteed. It was like three times what he was making it forward and nobody had ever got a contract like that. So I don't know if he, somebody else would have given him that money, but I knew there was exactly one guy dumb enough to do it. And he never should have owned the team in the first place would set all this off. But finally, Dave, because we do got to get to the picks. Finally, mm. what about our nation? What about the entire United States of America? The Redskins mm. were the one thing that tied D.C. together. And as they fell apart, so did bipartisanship. Coincidence? Wow. Not for me to say. Wow. But I now do you're on to something. But I do know that D.C. would have had a new stadium in it years ago, if not for Snyder. And just like my childhood, it would have bound people together in those stands and let, instead of having them spread far apart. So did Snyder destroy America? I say yes. In a, I mean, you know what? It doesn't feel like that big a reach to say that <laughs> that that all that ails the red, white, and blue is owed to Dan Snyder at the turn of the millennium, twenty-four years ago. Hmm. You, you make that. You make a powerful case, at least. The ultimate NFL, just to like shine a final light on how big a creep the guy was and how disastrous this was for the family. Uh, Jack Kent Cook's final act was build, building FedEx Field, which of course then fell apart. Uh, but when he was negotiating the land deal in Maryland, he got to name the zip code because it had a dedicated post office zip code. He got to name it uh, whatever he wanted, and he called it Raljon because he had a son, Ralph, and he had a son, John. John Kent Cook, who then tried to buy the team. And Snyder's one of Snyder's very first acts upon signing the paperwork of taking over ownership was petition petitioning the state of Maryland and the post office to rename the county, to remove the Cook's family name from even the land that it sat on that the previous owner built it upon. So good freaking riddance. And it's why the good vibes are back here for the commanders at DC and fans like me are all the way back in on the team. And I love it yet again, Dave. It was the biggest part of my childhood and I can't wait to return to it on Thursday night. I, you know what? It was a little bit of an undercover thing until the last couple of years Gleaness off the field with Snyder, but people failed to. There's this uh, this hierarchy of who suffers as as a fan base in football and as a sports fan in general. And Washington football fans, you guys got used to a certain level of play, and so the drop off is pretty severe when when that goes away. And then you get the blip of RG three and all of that little ray of sunshine. But yeah, for the most part, for you know, a quarter century. These have been dark days for you. And again, it's not like 
you're a Jets or a Browns fans, like where you can shrug and be like, yeah, what else is new? We stink. This is this is a more severe pain because you ain't used to it, you know? I lifted three Lombardis when right. I was in elementary school. In right, elementary and then your school, muscles, dude. when you weren't lifting those Lombardis, your muscles atrophied and you got fat and sad <laughs> and depressed like the whale. Jesus, you know? Dave. It's sort of like, it's sort of like, Bre- it's sort of like, you are like Brendan Fraser. You got fat, not but but in the same thing. His love kind of died and made him feel sad and he got fat. And mm-hmm. same thing. The Washington football team that you knew and loved also died when Dan Snyder bought them and you got fat and sad and depressed. I feel like you're on my therapist payroll. Like I thought I was good. I was ready to move on. But now Dave's coming out on national uh, programming here and calling me fat, sad, and depressed, guys. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure he's thankful for the basically the referral that you're giving for putting me back on the couch. You, you want you, you Now you want some optimism? Sure. You could be a Chicago Bears fan. That's that's the uh, the good news is it's over for you. You're I'm not not over in a bad way. The bad news is over for you. And I really do buy, I've been saying this for some time, so I am, um, you know, self-affirming here, but I've been in on Sam Howell and Ron Rivera and this Washington team. They have quietly put together a nice defense and some weapons. Obviously, the the ongoing issue with this team is the mix of a mediocre-ish offensive line and a quarterback who wants to hold on to the ball a tick too long. So that's that's the infection. Otherwise, and they happen to be in in a a tough team, you know, they're they're two teams that they're looking up at in the NFC East, but I do like this team. I've been saying they're going to the playoffs. I stand by that. I like Sam Howell quite a bit and you know what? I think it's going to be a good time Thursday night despite the eyesore which is right. the visiting Chicago Bears in navy hats and navy pants against against Washington in head to toe black. <laughs> Uniform it does not want to watch this game, but he will. All right. Well, let's convert that optimism for the team into some picks, Dave, right after we give some Caesar some love and play our game. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after 
qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, we are back, and it is time to play our game, Heart, Head, Heater, Cred. And Dave, it is only fair, since you are the current leader, to let you go first. What is your heart pick today? Boy, I'm very confident in all of these, and so dividing them up from a heart-based pick versus a head-based pick, you you know how I like to operate, Merkel. I do. You know, every, I, I don't need the fancy numbers and research and everything. I just ride with the gut and the heart. And they serve me well, as you just learned. If you were a skeptic before Monday Night Football, I hope you've turned around now. I say that the commies take care of business, the Bears, signs of life last Sunday. The commies, though, as I say, are a borderline good team. Um, I I do think, as we talk about the Dan Snyder thing, I think 2023, and imagine had they pulled that game out last Sunday against Philly, the atmosphere, what a difference yep. that would be. The the celebratory vibes in the joint on Thursday night would be even greater as it is. This is a team that is now relevant, a chance to advance themselves for what it matters in the NFC wildcard chase. I think they do get it done. I'm almost surprised. The only thing that gives me pause is that the number's too low, suspiciously low, and only five and a half, despite the fact the ongoing conversation we've had that road teams are taking care of business this year. Certainly, the commies are a touchdown better than the visitors, and I am going to bet on that fact. Lay the five and a half. I am nervous about the five and a half, Dave, just because I've seen this movie play out too many times. So I got creative. 
My we are we are we're both aligned that the Bears stink and the commies are um, much better than them. But I got creative in the way I attacked the betting market. Uh, for my heart pick, I am going Commanders money line paired with an adjusted over, taking the total down to thirty seven point five points. And you put those two together, you give up the spread, and you're able to get that at minus one seventeen. So instead of getting uh, instead of going with your pick, I'm getting essentially the same odds for them to cover or sorry to win and take the adjusted down a full TD. My rationale is Buffalo's D completely destroyed the uh, the commies, but the Bears deal feels closer to the Denver D. They hung 35 on and they just put 31 on the Eagles. Howell is giving me a little bit of hope. It's a dangerous feeling. Hope is the most dangerous feeling there is, but you can't live without it, particularly the way he played at the end of that Eagles game. And I feel strangely confident, a thing I'm not used to feeling about a Redskins quarterback or slash commies quarterback, that he'll be able to put up a number that's at least in the upper 20s. So if he's somewhere in the 20s, upper 20s, the Bears have to be good for 10, right? They could give me Ted. So I like this because it covers a wide range of scores all the way from like 21, 17, uh, you know, 2018 in that range, all the way up to like a 30 to 10 route. So I'm taking the commies and some points on Thursday night. You know what I just heard in that uh, in that monologue was that you have no heart. You're afraid <laughs> you have to bet your way around a money line bet to beat the Chicago Bears in 2023. Have some guts, boy. Hey, do you want to do, you do the NFL again of why I've been beaten down for I, 25 I get you. years? I get you. Yeah, Actually, I'm time. a dummy. What? So, so you have no heart, and I am the scarecrow, I guess, because I have no brain. Because I, mis- I told you I'm having a hard time, heart or head. Sure. My heart pick, I have to amend this now. My okay. heart pick, because this is obviously – not as dependable in my brain, at least. I think the commies are going to win the game. I also think Brian Robinson is going to get into the end zone. He's had an act for doing it this year and last year too. Even money for him to get into the end zone on Thursday night, not as dependable that an individual is going to, is going to get, uh, is going to see pay dirt. So that's my heart pick. Brian Robinson at even money. And then spoiler alert, my head pick, Tommy's <laughs> minus five and a half. I think you should give the rationale again. No, I don't. Don't start talking, please. Uh, I'm going to move over to the head side, and I'm going to take a quick break from the NFL and head back into Major League Baseball and this incredible like wild card best two out of three round. I'm going Freddie Peralta over 14.5 outs and minus 131. And this one's pretty straightforward. Peralta was fifth in the league in whip, 12th in, the, in ERA, which allows him to keep his pitch count relatively low. He was also fifth in Ks, allowing him to get out of the jams that typically chase a pitcher early and their season is on the line they already burned corbin burns and they have um he would have to get absolutely shelled to face an early hook as he's clearly the best arm they have left available to them most importantly dave he's cleared this bar in 28 out of 30 starts this year showing a remarkable ability to make it out of the fifth and getting at least 15 outs so with their backs to the wall i think peralta comes through for them Punches the guys out at least 15 times and allows me to walk to the window. I like it. I like it. I don't know why we're talking about baseball. I thought that had ended. 
<laughs> well, as a Pirates they... fan, it ended for you a long time ago. Like, what do you actually uh, think of this right, day? Right, what do you right. think about this? What do you think of the two out of three? As a man of justice, you're always, I always know you as a man of justice. Do you think playing 162 games and not allowing them to have three out of five is justice? Or is it better than the one game that it kind of was? Yeah, it's better than the one the game. That's the spin is that it's better than the 162 games boiling down the nine innings to determine who gets to move on is crazy. Baseball, as as I've said, ad nauseum, the reason when people say like, oh, but it's okay for football, it's okay for hockey, whatever there is by by the the flow of the the different sports. The difference between, let's say, who won the NBA title last year? Oh, the the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets. And who was the worst team? Was I don't, I'm trying to think of who was the the worst team in the NBA? Well, the Spurs um, Houston. The first pick, so let's just say this: Denver and Houston. If Denver and Houston played um, ten best of five series, the Nuggets would win all of them. Ooh. In baseball, if the best team. Um, which was I don't know what what was it the the Braves if the Braves played the Cardinals who were terrible this year as so a for instance if they played ten best of five series the Cardinals would win one or three of those series that's just the nature of the game making it so that you just can't jam all these teams I know it helps ratings because from July and September that it more fan bases are engaged and all of that. I get the reasons behind it. I'm just saying from a competitive standpoint, it really hurts baseball to have all the different teams in there. What you want is merit, right? That's what I always want. I'm a, I'm a man of justice. I'm a man of merit, Murgler. And I would hate to see the Braves go out to a team that, you know, I can make a powerful case has no business even being in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I think it's demonstrably strange that the NHL and the N- uh, and the NBA, you have to win twice as many games to win your first round series after playing half as many regular season games. Like, if we're going to play all these games, like, let them have the series to really earn it out after, you know, taking the field 162 times. Like, if we cut this to 154 to allow for a best of five or a best of seven, like, who, who's losing there? Like, it's more TV money. It's made slightly less money at the ballpark, but based on the attendance numbers I've seen, that's not as uh, big a losses it could be and everybody's happier and you do have more merit so i i don't know I mean, people have been fixing baseball forever they finally made a giant leap forward with the uh pitch clock this year and i hope they will continue to because this feels weird to only win two games and knock out a team that just like slugged through 162 to make it into the playoffs but we sure. can talk about that forever yeah we'll talk in 2024 about the wild card bound pittsburgh buckos i really <laughs> I, I and by the way i do mean that I really do think they're going to go to the playoffs. That's how loony I am. Anyway, it's going to be super fun to see you like really into baseball until June again next year. Mm-hmm. I always look forward to that. Uh, so on the heater side, I I was in that same game on my heater bets with William Contreras over one and a half total bases at minus one hundred two, and Perdomo under 0.5 hits at minus one twenty five. One for two for me in the first game. Contreras uh, cleared that with two knocks. Perdomo got a knock of his own to make me lose my bet. Puts me slightly in the back. I might get the in the black. I might get the inverse tonight, but uh, excited to see what happens. Now, Sheck, you gave out money lines on three road dogs that you were going to be uh, graded on this weekend. Are you going to ready to give out the first one and you can give out the other two on Friday? Yeah, let's uh, let's just go with I, I. I don't. I'll be honest with you. The trend that is 
I mean, it's not a massive swing in favor of the road teams in the NFL, but road teams in general have won more than home teams have this year. So it's a good bet to take an underdog here. And there are some big brand name, legit contenders who are road dogs this week. And I'll start you off with uh, the Green Bay Packers going into Vegas. All right, just plus two, but that makes them a dog, right? And yes, um, I will tell you that I think that is where you start here. Monday night football, I hope at some point they'll cut away to the Packers owner's box to reveal Jordan Love's new lady up there, Shailene Woodley, or maybe <laughs> Olivia Munn, or maybe Danica Patrick, or maybe all three of them. I think that sure. would be super funny. Either way, I say uh, I say this is the way so far in NFL um, 2023 is betting those uh, betting on those road teams here. And um, as I'm vamping here for you, oh, it's already down. See now, Raiders are just plus one money line. You can get uh, the Packers at uh, minus one fifteen. All right, lock that in now. Packers money line minus one fifteen. Get it in before the keeps getting bet down. Now that Dave said it, it's definitely going to get bet down. So oh show, oh show. After your show on Monday night, people will be wise to get to the window. Am I taking so the Cowboys on the money line at plus one fifty eight? Stay tuned. We'll talk Ooh. on Friday. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know what's going to happen. Little teaser for Friday. Love it. All right, buddy. Uh, let's play the money ball round, the credibility pick, the cred pick, where you're going to be judged on two units. What are you giving out tonight for that? All right. I almost held off on commies minus five and a half. Instead, we talked about it on Monday. It's really too seductive for me to resist. It feels like every NFL quarterback is bound to throw a pick at some point over the course of 60 minutes. I'm going to say both of the starting quarterbacks are going to do it. They're going to do it together. Don't you see? That's bipartisanship. That's what we're lacking here. Fields throws an interception. Bet that over uh, over 0.5. Do the same on the on the uh, other side of things with Sam Howell. If you if you parlay those two, both of them to throw a pick to pay out 282. Ooh, that's a big number, Dave. Fun, I that's a say. fun bet. I, I can't let you put two units on a plus 282 unless you get too far ahead of me, particularly for something I like. So I'm tailing it. I'm tailing that one. I'm jumping on the back of that one, my More friend. cowardice. More cow. What else is Nick? Hey, I'm playing this game to win. You got to have some strategy. Uh, so and it also overlaps with my credibility bet. So I'm, I'm doubling down here on Justin Fields getting a pick, but I'm going to give him a little love, a little of his own Jordan love. I also think he'll throw a TD. So if you take him over 0.5 interceptions, you you'd pair that with over 0.5 TDs, you get plus 148. And Dave, he's done this in every game so far this year. It's a combination of bad defense and bad quarterback play that makes me love the bet. He's obviously not an NFL-level quarterback, even after his four TDs and 335 last week. And I've been uh, profiting all year from betting against him. I'm not going to stop now. Plus, on the other side, the Bears have given up over 34 points a game, and they have been consistently crappy, never giving up less than 27. This forces Fields into a ton of high-risk, high-reward situations, as well as garbage time. So there are picks and end zone parties aplenty, leading to profits on this parlay. Not bad, huh? Plus 148 is a great number for something that often feels like a foregone conclusion. So give it to me on Thursday night for two units. I'm not the first person to say it, but clearly Toby Mergler loves pee. <laughs> 
plenty of company there, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. So before we take our last break, pal, I'll get to our second guest express. Um, and I hope what you just used is the breakout without any context. That would be perfect. No, yeah, which, no. Which one are you tailing a failing of my pick so far? I like the, I mean, I, I, I it, it feels like a certainty. And so I don't want to go too hard in on this, but yes, fields with a touchdown and an INT. Sure. Yeah. Give me that. All because right. I don't buy the thing I didn't buy in your rant, in your P laden uh, rant there is that Justin Fields is obviously not an NFL QB. I don't know. I can't I, I, TBD on that, but he is a specimen. And so I like him to do something good and something bad. There you go. And tune in for uh, minus three earlier this week where there was a long, dis- or at least a, not a long discussion, a uh, discussion over which quarterbacks need to be moved on from uh, in the upcoming season. And I know your guest was hard on fields needing to be gone and the bears looking back into the draft in the first round in 2024. So at least I have some company, even if you are not parking in my garage, let's yes. go ahead. Let's go go ahead. ahead. I, I want to say we put that whole conversation with Mike Renner, one of the great, uh, one of the great QB whisperers out there. We did uh 30 plus minutes on Kenny Pickett and, uh, all, all these QBs go find it on YouTube extra points. And by the way, subscribe to the YouTube channel while, while you're there. All right. Getting the plugs out early. And now That's let's right. let our sponsors get their plugs in Dave with this quick break. All right, we are back. And before we get you out of here, we got uh, the second guest express. So Dave, which one did you pour through? You really agonized over, but ended up on your betting bench and is therefore guaranteed to outscore your starters. By the way, I like this bet quite a bit. I just didn't like it as much as the other ones uh, that I already gave out. Fields over 193 pass yards, even money. Even money there. So the guy who thinks he's going to continue to survive, he is coming off a 335 week, even money to even get sniffing distance of 200. It's a decent bet, particularly with the amount of garbage time he might play. Uh, So I am going with Antonio Gibson under 22.5 rushing yards at minus 125. And I fear the garbage time for this because I think it's about the only way it hits. The only other scenario is if Robinson gets hurt because otherwise Gibson has 13 carries on the entire season. Brian Robinson clearly owns this backfield and has looked good doing it. Good enough for Mm -hmm. you to uh, bet on him to get into the end zone this week. And since we haven't seen evidence yet that the Redskins can blow anyone out, hence why I've adjusted down to the money line with my cowardness. Uh, I'm going to grab this Gibson number because I think Robinson's going to have to play the whole game. But if he gets carried off the field in the first quarter, quarter, I will have his torn ACL in my hands. I also considered how over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 104, uh, but I already got enough tied into the commies being good that I decided to leave it out even if I do like it. Other things I like, Dave, include the 15-minute pregame show that you have coming up with Hench. So why don't you tell people what you got cooking this week on the second edition of Minus 3 and the pregame show. And extra points, of course, with you and Sierra Tiana later today. Yeah, dynamite episode with Mike Renner talking all things uh, NFL QB and the QBs currently in college on their way to the NFL to play savior in time for autumn 2024. Also the aforementioned 15 minute NFL pregame show doing gangbusters numbers on, on uh, Twitter. We appreciate you checking that out. 15 minutes. That's all you need. What 
What do you need to the, the three hour pre who's got time to sit there and listen to the saccharine stories of, 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 of the, the left guard who was born without a left leg. And now he's a all those are nice stories, but tell them on Tuesday, you know what we do on the 15 minute show. We tell you what the final scores are going to be and that's it. Then you get to go about the rest of your day. Hey, hundreds of thousands of people watched it last week, Dave, and they can't all be wrong, right? Like the wisdom of the crowd's got to take over. It's worth your 15 minutes. Join the rest of them and get in on the party. Uh, so at the rest of the network, we have Waiver Wired and Lemon Pepper Parlay that both released new episodes last night. So please go find them on their individual feeds, which makes them way easier to find. We have Covered in Glory coming back uh, tomorrow with me and Brett walking through the weekend in the beautiful game. And then we have our final edition of Trendy here on Friday, where Dave and I will do our final bit of battle. And I've played the greatest hits. We did quarterbacks on Monday. We did an NFL today. Who knows what's coming Friday? Maybe, maybe, Dave, the uniform is going to be called into action and let you dig in on some of your favorite topics, the aesthetics of sports. There you go. How about that for a team? Texas and Oklahoma, Niners and Cowboys. My eyes are going to be happy. All right. Well, I am going to be happy to be back with you on Friday, pal, Is as I am every time we get to spin together. Really look forward to that. Enjoy the baseball playoffs, everyone, even if they should be longer. Enjoy Thursday Night Football, and we will talk to you on Friday. Take care of everyone. He loves the pee. 